Nights like tonight are difficult for us. They're difficult because we're asked to remember the most horrific act in human history. It's also difficult because the scriptures and the history of the church would call us to meditate on the brutal death of Christ. We struggle with that. We live in a world where we don't have to dwell on things very long if we don't like them. We can quickly change the channel and fill our evenings with something lighter. Something that distracts us from the hardship in front of us. Because of that, we struggle to meditate on difficult things. On something that if we look deeply at it, it wrecks our hearts and renews us at the same time. We think of the death of Jesus on that cross. That we commemorate tonight. We, we see the gravity of our, of our sin. We see the depth of the love of God. And we see, if we're honest, how we would have received Jesus ourselves. I find it interesting as we read Isaiah 53, the way the scriptures describe the Son of God. Think of the words, he's despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, he's well acquainted with suffering, unesteemed, he bore our grief and carried our sorrows, he was stricken, smitten and afflicted. He was pierced for us. He was crushed for our sin. He was wounded in our place. He was stricken and cut off from the land of the living. He was numbered among transgressors and bore our sin. So you think of the weight of that. Often we'll think of the cross as an event or a moment in time. But if you know the life of Jesus and you read the story of at least the last week of his life, you see that this weight was building. When we think of prophetic literature, one of the interesting things that is present for us is an understanding that we look back on many of the prophetic words as having already been fulfilled. And in Jesus' time, many of these prophecies the people looked forward in expectation of their fulfillment and so we look back and we can see what God had promised in many cases becoming a reality and they would look forward with expectation and Jesus in the midst of that knowing entirely what was coming Knowing what we just read in Isaiah 53 was going to be true, not in some prophetic, generic sense, but in a very personal experience. Jesus was going to be crucified and rejected. He was going to be savagely and brutally beaten. Be forced to carry His own cross out of the city and be nailed to it where He would die an agonizing death. His blood and fluid filled his lungs and he was unable to breathe as he would press up 
to get oxygen into his lungs only to collapse again. And there, for our sin, in our place, he would die. Jesus' awareness of that event and what was coming is obvious as you read the gospel accounts of his life. In Matthew chapter 26, we find Jesus praying in the garden. This is the night that he was arrested and betrayed. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 36, it says that Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. He came to the disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is deed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went and prayed, My Father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. And he came to his disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. I want you to see His agony. Observe His struggle and feel the weight of the moment. As Jesus approaches the cross, He does so with certainty of what it will be. It's one thing to go into hardship unsure of what it will what it will be like, not knowing what awaits you, but just blindly stumbling towards your own destruction. Jesus isn't in that camp. Jesus is certain of what Isaiah 53 says because he is the one who inspired it. And he goes before his father with a simple plea. If there's any other way, if there's any other way, but if there isn't, I will do what you've asked. He finds his friends. Unwilling, unable to continue to pray with him in his moment of need. Even in that, we see Jesus so gracious to Peter. Knowing that Peter's heart is with him. He's weak and frail. Jesus lets them rest for a moment and continues to plea with the Lord. And I want you to see his struggle. 
observe Jesus wrestling with the will of the Father. And in the end, submitting to it. Let the gravity of the moment sink in. See, the weight of the cross is far more than just the weight of a wooden beam strapped across his back that had been shredded by Roman whips. The full weight of the sin of all humanity was to be laid upon Jesus. I know something of the weight of sin because I've seen at least a degree of my own depravity. I felt its crushing weight. Jesus took not only mine, but yours. The weight of anyone who would believe. It was laid upon Him. And there He carried it for us as He went to the cross. See, the cross is far more than just an example of sacrificial love. It's far more than just showing us the depth of our sin. There's a transaction that takes place. Martin Luther called the great exchange. Where all of our sin and the penalty for it was placed upon Him and His perfect righteousness was credited into our accounts. And this transaction occurs as Jesus is nailed to the cross and He bears the weight of God's judgment for our sin as the the torrent of God's wrath is poured out upon Him and He absorbs it in its full for us. where the words of Isaiah 53 are so powerful because we see that all of the affliction was piled on Him. He was crushed. He was pierced. He was bruised. And we were healed. He was afflicted and we were given peace. And in God's grace to us, Jesus goes there to the cross bearing the weight of our sin upon Himself. It's interesting to me that when Jesus invites people to follow Him, He has this phrase. He says, Come to Me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For My yoke is easy and My burden is light. Now when Jesus offers this rest and this peace and this light and easy burden, What we don't understand is that the only way to do that is for Jesus to first lift the burden off of us and take it upon Himself. Many of us know that burden. We know the burden of attempting to be righteous on our own only to fail over and over again. We know the burden of guilt and shame for the sins that we've committed or things that were done to us. And Jesus has come to give us rest. But it's not as if Jesus does something magical that removes the weight of sin as if it never happened. He does it by taking it. By absorbing it for us. It's important that we see the weight of this moment. 
we search the New Testament, the Scripture will give us ultimately two motivations to walk faithfully with Christ. You'll see frequently the hope that we have in Jesus. Him coming back for us. Hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. So a forward-looking hope. But the Scriptures will also remind us over and over again to look backwards to one moment. To one event. Look back to the moment where Jesus shed His blood for us. Scriptures inspire us to walk faithfully with Christ because it points us to the means of our salvation. Why the Scriptures will tell us you were bought at a price. Salvation is free to all who believe, but it has never been cheap. It was bought with the precious blood of Jesus. He was wounded. He was afflicted. He was crushed. And we were healed. As we gather tonight, we do what the Scriptures would encourage us to do. We gather to remember. To remember what Jesus did for us. To remember the great sacrifice that bought our redemption. The Scriptures will tell us that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, He took bread and He blessed it. And He broke it. He says, this bread is my body. It was broken for you. In the same way, after the meal, he took the cup, blessed it, said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, the scriptures would say, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I want to ask those who will be helping with the elements to come forward. As they do, I want you to consider this, is that the Scriptures have given us a lasting command. A command that we would gather and we would remember. We remember that His body was literally broken for us. That we would remember that His blood was poured out for our sin. And that in that remembering, we would be struck again with the gravity of God's love for us. That we wouldn't change the channel and go to something lighter. Because this was real. It was with a real Son of God took upon Himself the real judgment for our very real sin. And in the, the, the most real way, paid that. So that we could really be 
sons and daughters of God. Remember that. Let that settle in. As we take of the bread and the cup tonight, remember God's grace. Take this as a moment, the Scriptures would say, to examine yourself before God. If you've been here before, you know that we're not incredibly worried about ceremony and process. We want you to have a moment with the Lord. So what we're going to ask you to do is to come forward in a moment. You'll come row by row just so things kind of move smoothly. And at each break in the aisles, one of our elders and their wife will be here to receive you. We're going to ask you to just tear a piece of the bread off and just dip that in the cup and head back to your seat. Take a moment to pray. Take a moment to reflect. And when you're ready, to partake. Let's pray. Father God, we thank You that You are good and gracious beyond our wildest dreams. You bore upon Your own Son the weight of our sin. Because He was crushed, we've been healed. Father, I pray that at this moment, each of us would get a sense of the gravity of what You've done. We might rejoice in Your love for us and walk faithfully with You until He returns. In Jesus' name, Amen. I want to ask you to come just row by row and to return to your seat when you're done.